Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thursday, everyone. Uh, hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day. If you celebrate those type of things, maybe you just drink beer because it's a day that ends in Y. How you doing out there? This is Jason Jones. Uh, the Ruler is back. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. I cover the Sacramento Kings. I watch a lot of NBA basketball, I talk about random things, and I love hip-hop. So, if you're down with any of those <laughs> three things, that's why you're here. Sorry to, to let you guys know, uh, my part-time co-host, Lamika, she's not here for this episode. Uh, she had other commitments and prior engagements, or whatever you want to call it, but that means you're stuck with me for about the next 28, 29 minutes or so. So, hope you don't tune out because she's not around or the fact that you won't get to hear her ooh and ah about uh, her younger back in the day crush on Chris Weber. So, let's go ahead and just jump right in. This episode is kind of be similar to one of my old shows where... It was like, you know, part, you know, post-game recap because there's some stuff to recap uh, from Wednesday night where the uh, Kings hmm, ended their losing streak with a 121-119 win at Washington. De'Aaron Fox hits the game winning jump shot with uh, 0.7 seconds to go on the clock. The game ends kind of crazy when Russell Westbrook uh, on the inbound pass throws the clear across the court. Goes out of bounds, Kings kept possession, game over. And not going to really dwell on the game itself. I mean, it's one of 72. You, I don't believe in getting too lost in the kind of the, the grind and the minutia of what happens from game to game and making one game too big, making too big of a deal or too small of a deal. I try to keep this about the big picture. And there's two things that I want to talk about from that, not just from that game, just in general and what the big picture looks like for the Kings. First thing I wanted to hit on is just De'Aaron Fox's continued growth, evolution, and try to answer the question, is he becoming the leader that Vlade Divac thought he would be when he drafted him four years ago? 
that you know two coaching staffs have believed that he has to become for this team to to become a successful bunch. You know, just what you know, what are we watching here? And I'm not going to take a game like uh, Wednesday nights and you know basically crown De'Aaron you know a superstar because we've seen De'Aaron can play well. We've also seen him have dips, you know, like any player, and it's a it's a burden carrying <laughs> a struggling team. I mean, you look at the Wizards who they played on Wednesday. That team's got you know a bona fide All Star in Bradley Beal, another All Star in Russell Westbrook, and they are struggling mightily this season. Similar to the Kings, they don't play defense. <laughs> so that that'll that'll do that to you, but the bigger question, like I said again, is is De'Aaron taking the strides to be that key guy, that franchise guy? And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear the whole notion of he's a young player. They say, well, he's in his fourth year. My counter would be he's still just twenty three. His first year, he admittedly was terrible. <laughs> you know. Sec, you know, and he missed time with injuries. His second year was, you know, he was you no know, markedly, markedly better. Third year, last year, he made some strides, but he also missed time with injury. So, this is really the long, you know, the longest stretch he's played in a while where he didn't miss time with injury. I mean, he, he missed a couple of games this year, but nothing major. You know, not, not, it's not like he's missed, uh, you know, 10, 15 games. But the fact is. De'Aaron Fox is still a young player. Yes, I know he's been in this is his fourth season, but I like to classify a young player as anyone still on their rookie contract or like in that first five-year range because the guy's coming to the league so young now. Five years in, a guy might be 23 years old, which at one point in time might have meant he was a rookie, <laughs> you know, after four years of college. And that's not the case anymore. And you have to take that into account when talking about whether or not a player is young. And I know everyone wants this to happen fast. You want guys to come in young and be like a Carmelo Anthony or a LeBron James or take off quickly like Kevin Durant did. But again, those guys are really on the extreme. They're the outliers. They're the freaks of nature. That's not normal. And actually, if you look at what De'Aaron Fox is doing right now, it's kind of normal. This is kind of the normal arc of a guy who might become an all-star. Yeah, of course, guys break through early. Yeah, I know Luca. You know, Luca clearly broke through early. You know, Trey Young was you know made an all-star game in his second year. You know, Zion Williamson made an all-star game in his second year. But you look at a guy like Brandon Ingram, who became an all-star last year. He's in year five, but he got there in year four, and it took him getting to another team into a, a, a situation, a different situation. Going through injuries, you know, he had the scare with the blood clot. And that's a team who I would say has more talent than the Kings, but is not a whole lot better than them in the standings. And the one thing that makes them similar to the Kings is they're relying on a lot of guys on and again in the first four or five years of their career. Guys on rookie deals, guys like Lonzo Ball, who is still on his first contract, a guy like Zion is his second year, Brandon's only in his fifth year, Josh Hart in a rookie deal, his rookie deal still. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of teams 
even with talent that have young players struggle. I mean, I don't know if you were watching the game. It was a Tuesday night. You know, the Pelicans are up big, and they blow that lead. You no, know, by what, 17, whatever it was, they blow that lead, give up 50 to Dame, lose the game. And who does that sound a whole lot like? It sounds a lot like something the Kings would do. So I'm here to say that youth does matter. Youth does play a factor in what you're seeing out there from the Kings. And, yes, I know Harrison's been around. I'm not lumping Harrison in there. And to a degree, I'm not lumping Buddy in. Even though Buddy's, you know what, this is year five for Buddy. But, yeah, I don't really lump him into the young guy category considering that he uh, is a guy who, you know, he played, you know, he played his full college career before he got to the league. So I don't consider him in that young young category either but you're looking at the kings you're looking at two guys two key guys you're you know your two primary decision makers tyrese halliburton and De'Aaron fox are young and sometimes it's not just that, that you're young it's where you're young at you're talking about two young decision makers so uh, that takes me back back takes me back excuse me to fox and where he's at right now and i liked what i saw from the, in the washington game but again, the thing for the thing for Fox is going to be consistency, not just on the on the outside shot, but the decision making, the leadership, the willingness to put a team on his back and carry him. He's shown that a lot more this year. But it's got to, like I said, it's consistency happening regularly, and it's got to be what you expect. And I think we're getting there, but I don't think we're there. That's why I don't call De'Aaron an All Star snub. I don't you know get into the whole he should have been an All Star thing. I don't know. I don't think we're there yet. He's, he's working his way there, and to me, there's nothing wrong with a guy in his fourth year still getting there. He's got plenty of time to make all-star teams and do all that, because for most guys, it doesn't happen right away. It didn't happen right away for Steph. didn't happen right away for Clay. A lot of these guys, it does not happen right away, but I get it with the Kings, and you've been out the playoffs since, oh, the, the mid-2000s. You know, if it doesn't, you know, you're, you're looking at tying the uh, Buffalo Braves slash San Diego Clippers slash L.A. Clippers for the longest playoff drought in NBA history if you don't make it this year. So I get the angst and the frustration, but I also approach it from a different point of view. I didn't have expectations for this team. I figured this team was going to struggle due to the youth. And I know people don't want to hear, you know, they're not young. Your two, like I say, again, your two main ball handlers, your two main decision makers are young guys. So you're going to have ups and downs. But I do think De'Aaron is trending in the right direction. I do, I do see a lot of growth from the guy who was a rookie who didn't speak up because it's like, oh, damn, that's Vince Carter over there. I'm not going to get on Vince Carter. You know, so I think you, you'd be lying if you said you didn't see growth and development from De'Aaron. But I also know that a lot of you aren't really in the mood to wait <laughs> much longer for this, you know, and I get the free throw misses are frustrating and, you know, the rough shooting nights can be tough. But these are the things the Kings must go through if they are to if ever come out of this thing and become a, a competitive above 500 playoff contending team. You got to go through this and. As I've said more than once, you can't hold the previous 14 years over Monty McNair and Luke Walton's head. Luke Walton has only been there for one season prior to this. Monty McNair got here last fall, like basically right before the football season. So you can't 
hold all of that against them. And I think you need to let this thing continue to play out. You know, the Kings still aren't, I'm not, you know, standings watching in the sense of, hey, maybe they can sneak in at eight. I To me, there's no need to worry about that when you, you know, just recently lost nine in a row. You just lost, you know, you had just lost two in a row before Wednesday night. It's not like you're a game out. I just think it's uh, the Kings can continue to make something another season and be competitive right now. They're three and a half out of the 10 spot, which is where you got to be for the playing game. Do I do I expect them to catch to get there? No, not really. I, I mean, not unless they somehow change their defense, but they're only a game behind Oklahoma City and New Orleans. You know, two teams that even though they have youth, they also have some like grizzled veterans, not grizzled young veterans like an NXT but grizzled old veterans, you got a guy like Steven Adams, a guy like Eric Bledsoe down in New Orleans. You got like Al Horford down in Oklahoma City. So they've got some guys who have been around the block for a few times. You know, Memphis doesn't have that, but, you know, that kid, John Morant, special. I watched him uh, get by Jimmy Butler on Wednesday night for a game winner against Miami, and that's no easy task. So John, you know. They got a special young point guard down there. And then you know, if you look at the ninth spot, the Warriors have some guy named Steph who who did leave the, his game Wednesday against the Rockets with a, a tailbone bruise, which sounds very painful. But the point I'm making is that the Kings are trying to get to a point where they have a guy established like that to get them going to where they want to be. So, again, do I see De'Aaron getting better? Definitely. But let's just see where this thing goes. I'm here for the ride. I'm like I said, you know, don't have great expectations. So every I'm looking at the big picture, and I think the big picture isn't as bleak as people want it to be. Just in terms of De'Aaron Fox, there's going to be questions about the organization, whether it be you know front office leadership. People are going to question coaching, so on and so forth. And get all that, but I do think some of y'all need to stall out De'Aaron. And not go so, <laughs> be so mad at him. Even though I know y'all, you know, a lot of y'all out there are still pissed off about the Charlotte game and those missed free throws. But yeah, he's got to work on that. So enough about De'Aaron. What I also want to transition to is uh, since we last, uh, I don't know if we said last spoke, last met, however we want to put it, you know, the Kings had the unfortunate news of finding out that Marvin Bagley III. This happened in the Charlotte game on Monday. He broke a bone in his left hand. The team is still determining the uh, next kind of the plan for treatment. But I guess you could say he's out indefinitely. And we'll just have to wait to see what goes on. But what that's done is now the Kings can are, st- are starting games. They're going to start games with their closing lineup, which is Fox, Buddy, Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes. And the first thing I want to address is, number one, people are saying that this should have been the starting lineup weeks ago or to start the year. Number one, you're full of shit when you say that. Because the fact is is that the start this season, your front court was going to be Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, and Marvin Bagley. So there's no way y'all would have gave Luke Walton the pass if he would have opened the season with Tyrese Halliburton starting to hit a buddy hill. Come on, let's be serious. I get it, y'all. Y'all want to hate, you know, but let's let's be real. There was no way that was gonna fly with 
anyone. You know, it was already the whole thing that when when I think when Luke said in preseason that, you know, he wouldn't commit to you no know, buddy of the starter. It was like, oh, come on. This is so disrespectful. These same people are now saying that Tyree should have been starting the whole time. Wrong, 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 wrong. And even if you had done that and kept Marvin in the starting lineup, my question becomes this. Who's your second unit facilitator playmaker? Buddy's got to be paired with somebody in the second unit. Do you just keep Tyrese in games longer? You know, there's a lot of things to, to sort out. I know you probably say that's the coach's job, which is true. It's his job to sort out. But I'm actually not mad at the idea that Tyrese hasn't been starting all year. It's not uncommon for a rookie to not start and say the first half of the season. Like, Darren Fox didn't start <laughs> a good ch- you know, his chunk of his rookie year. Marvin Bagley, I don't think, really didn't start much at all his rookie year. So this is not unusual. You know, the way the Kings have handled Halliburton, I think they've actually handled him right. Especially given that the uh, sports science staff has been so big on minute restrictions this season with the Kings. I mean, it probably isn't too unusual, but I can't recall in all my, what, 10, 11, 12 seasons covering this team, seeing so many guys with minute restrictions when they come back from injuries. It's like every guy who comes back is on a minute restriction. So, remember... The this is the uh, the Kings actually rested Tyrese during the preseason for load management, and you want to think they were going to turn around and start him and play him thirty five minutes a night? I don't think so. wasn't going to happen. That being said, this is where we are now. It's unfortunate what happened to Marvin. He was getting better. He was playing better, but the injury happened, and now that lineup that has been so good to the Kings late in games, because like I said, gets to start games. And what does that do? I think. We should see this team play at an even faster pace because slowing it down makes no sense. I mean, they were already a small team to begin with, but now with Harrison Barnes starting at the four, you're bringing the Manya Bielitsa off the bench as the backup four, and he's not necessarily a physical guy. You know, your, your guard off the bench, your first guard off the bench is Corey Joseph, also not a big guy. Um, team used Justin James off the bench uh, Wednesday night. He actually performed pretty well. You know, he gives you some size, but you don't have much size now. Hassan Whiteside returned to the lineup after missing, leave nine games due to health and safety protocols. That gives you some size off the bench at center. But this is still a very small team. So I expect that if, if this is if Marvin's out, say, four to six, I don't have any medical prognosis. I'm just throwing it out there. Say he's out four to six. I actually expect to see the pace of this team increase just because it has to increase. You know, you have to take advantage of the fact you got two point guards and a shooting guard. You know, you got three guards out there who should be able to run all day. You know, if Harrison has a bigger four on him, that's, you know, take him out on the floor, go by him. Rashawn can rim, rim run, pick and roll, be active defensively. So I'm expecting the uh, pace to t- turn up and. When it doesn't, you saw what you have. You get what happened in the fourth quarter Wednesday night in Washington, where when they slow down, it was almost like the Kings were playing like we're in the lead. <laughs> Let's take the air out the ball. But when they slow down on offense, even in the half court, they look terrible. I mean, they might end up with an open shot, but my God, it's painful watching it get there. And they really, uh, the coaching staff really wants them to continue to push. 
So I'm, 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 I want to see if this lineup can push from start to finish, especially given the lack of depth the Kings have had this year. You know, you may have to use the, uh, you know, Justin James and Daquan Jeffries and probably maybe Robert Woodard at some point. You know, you don't have to go, you may have to go deep in that bench if you're going to push the pace the way they want to. But I do believe this can be a positive thing for them in that regard if it allows them to establish that fast pace constantly. And then when you get Marvin back, see where Marvin fits in that. You know, it's, it's it sucks that, that he won't. He's not out there. But you got to see, you know, take this group, this group that has been so good to end games. It has chemistry. And even though I believe that you know the Kings have gotten off to good starts, let's see if that chemistry from the fourth quarter this group has shown so many times carries over into the first, second. You know, because the Kings actually started the third quarter against the Wizards well. So who knows? Maybe we were looking at a change that could do some things to get the Kings going in the right direction. So, don't want to talk about the Kings anymore. I want to get over to the music scene, the uh, hip-hop scene, and what I want to do is, I know you all know I'm a West Coast hip-hop junkie. You know, my favorite all-time rapper is Ice Cube, so I mean, I'm an NWA fan, West Coast fan, all that, but you may have seen the uh, news on your internet somewhere, or maybe on your Twitter feed, I don't know, about... The Mount Westmore collection, you know, uh, Cube, Snoop Dogg, my probably my second favorite rapper of all time, from, from both from Long Beach, Eastside, you know, uh, E40, another one of my top ten favorite rappers of all time, and Too Short, all of them, you know, kind of forming that super group and looking at April seventeenth for something to drop from them. So that's about a, that's a month away, and what I wanted to do is. So much, uh, not kind of just, I don't know if I say celebrate them right now because it's not like we even know what they're going to drop yet. But I want to walk y'all through some of my favorite songs by each artist. And I'm going to start with Too Short. And I know it's, it's kind of crazy that some people. You know, they're, they're going to say their favorite song is, you know, maybe like, you know, Blow the Whistle. No, shake that. You know, some of his more recent stuff. But I'm going to go back and deep into the Too Short catalog and give you, not necessarily in any order, but my five favorite Too Short songs. Or five of my favorite, should I say, because I'm going to miss a bunch of them. But you can consider this your guide, you know, if you want to get into some Too Short, what you want to listen to. And I'm going to go, I'm going to start all the way back with Life is Too Short, you know, back in 89. And let's see, let me, let me give you one song off of there. I'm going to give you cuss words. I would say don't, no, don't fight the feeling, but I'm going to give you cuss words. Go listen to cuss words. Yeah, there's one song from that album. Maybe I'll just pick one from each album. It's going to be hard to do that with two, with uh, E-40 because he got like a million albums, but let me just yeah, go through that. So let's go to Born the Mac with Too Short. What do we want to do? Hmm. What am I going to give y'all? I'm actually going to give y'all two off of this. You know, of course, you got to listen to Freaky Tales. Uh, one of them classic. I had no business as a kid knowing the word. Back then, it was a tape, you know. You know, have, knowing the words to, on the song to that tape, you know. And... It was a cool thing back as a kid to make fun of a girl if Short dropped her name in this song. You know, 
And I also would say, you know what, you could probably throw Dope Fiend beat in there, but I would, I would definitely, if you're going to pick one, go with Freaky Tales off of Born to Mac. Then we get to Short Dogs in the House. Uh, that's an easy one, The Ghetto. Go with The Ghetto off of that. I ain't saying, you know, don't listen to none of them, but yeah, all of them. But yeah, that one, and I'm going to give you a bonus one, ain't nothing but a word to me. With, that's Too Short and Ice Cube. And I love that song back in 1990, 91. Even though, uh, how old, man? I was like 12. But I love that song. And I had no business. I don't know how I got the access to that song. My mom had actually forbidden me to listen to music with cuss words till I got to high school. But, you know, you know, us youngsters, we figure that shit out. We gonna hear what we want to hear. So, I'll take you to Shorty the Pimp. Give you one off of there. You know, let's see what I, you know, what I want to give you off of that one. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, let me see. I don't know. Let's see. I could say I ain't nothing but a dog. Hmm. Something to ride, you know. That's another one. I don't know. I'm going to say I ain't nothing but a dog. I'm going to give you that one, Okay. Put that on your homework list for, for too short. Then get in where you fit in. This was actually what I listened to at f- for like months straight before I got to college at Cal. That's how I learned about the Bay. That's how I learned not to get caught slipping in Richmond, California. You know. And let's see. We, you know. Like I said, cause this was the one I played repeatedly. I know the words to every song on here. I can give you more than one song. I'm going to give you, these are your homework assignments, Just Another Day, Gotta Get Some Lovin', uh, Money in the Ghetto, uh, let me see, I'm going I'm to throw some more in, I'm going to throw in Blowjob Betty, which is a classic nasty song, and All My Bitches Are Gone, you know, that's another one, you got to get that up in there in your Too Short collection. Okay, let's get the cocktails. Like I said, I don't know why I'm going every album, but why not? It's like, this is your homework assignment. You know, just for cocktails, I want you to listen to... Hmm. I want you to listen to We Do This, because it's got Pac on there, MC Breed. So I want, I want you to listen, you know, I want you to listen to that. You know, I used to bump that, you know, all the time in co- back in college, you know. Then getting it. I want you to listen to, yeah, listen to getting it. Off of that, off of that one. You listen to getting it off of getting it. That's a good one for you. I mean, I think that's a that's a good start for you know for you uh, you know if you're not a big too short fan, it's a good start for you. So let's keep it in the bay. And like I said, I'm not going through E40's entire catalog because we'll be here all night. But I'm gonna give you a few E40, you know, from his his extensive, I mean extensive discography. Let me see. We'll go. We'll go all the way back, and then we'll jump around a little bit. You know, on this one. Let's see. Mm, let's see. I don't know where we're gonna start. Let's go to federal and start with Carlos Rossi. You know, for y'all. You know, back in the day, for those of y'all who wanted something to you know drink on. You know, that's a, that's a, that's one for you to start with. And then if you could, if you could, no, I'm not going to give you a click. I got to do that on your own, you know. Yeah, let's get to, uh, hmm. Let's get to it in a major way. 
you know, you I'm gonna get I'm assign you to Bumble. I'm gonna assign you one love. I'm probably yeah, you know, some of these songs y'all know, but you know, I'm giving y'all a little extra. And then let's go to the Hall of Game, another one of my college jams. I'm gonna assign you million dollar spot. And I'm also going to assign you ring it. You know, also record haters. That's a good basketball reference in there too. You know, if you know that one, you you know you you know what we're talking about. You know, that's yeah. Listen to record haters first. That's there's a good basketball reference in there. You know, you'll you'll if you if you don't know, you will know. Let's just keep it going. You know, yeah. Cause this is I'm having fun with this, y'all. I don't know if y'all having fun, but like I said, I'm giving y'all some good. I, I believe it's some good musical homework. Like I said, you know, I probably went way too long on short, so I'm going to have to cut it short for everybody else and skip around on some of these. Uh, yeah, because I, if, I, if, I, if I keep going, I'll be all here. All, you'll be here all night. So we're going to jump to my ghetto report card. Gonna, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to assign you Gouda. And I'm going to assign you... Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to assign you Gouda. That's that'll be your one, you know, in muscle cars. I'm gonna assign you those two. You know, I'm not gonna, uh, cause you know, tell me. Everyone knows, tell me when to go. So I ain't got the, you know, you know that already. That might be the bay. That might be the bay anthem right there. You know. You know. Let me see. Then I'll give you a couple of more. Like I said, I can't go through every single forty album because, like I said, I'd be here all night. You know, I'm look, there's a couple of other ones I want you to definitely hear. Uh, let's, let's let's go to some more recent uh, 40, you know, which is hard to get to because my man got so much music. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's he dropped music. So. so just you know, just man, so regularly, let's go to practice makes paper from 2019, you know. How about we go there? Let's go chase the money. It's got that's got that's got some new school for y'all. That's got Roddy Rich, ASAP Ferg, Schoolboy Q, and Quavo on there. That's a good one for y'all. And also learn, listen to one question off of that one. And let me see. I think I'm gonna leave that at that. You know, for y'all right there with 40. And Snoop, that goes. I gotta go deep into my Snoop favors from that one. Cause I mean, like I said, I know every word, every Snoop album. You know, Long Beach in the house, but. Let me see, can I, I'm going to go to that, I'm going to go all the way back to Doggy Style and assign you the Shiznit. Then I'm going to go to No Limit Top Dog, you know, his No Limit Days. I'm going to assign you, see, y'all know, you, you you know the song with C-Murder, you know, you know, you know, bitch, please. See, uh, yeah, we're going to skip No Limit, uh, you know, we're going to go to The Last Meal, his last No Limit album. I'm going to assign you Set It Off. And Stacey Adams. Those are your assignments from there. And then, you you know, you got the, you, you, we, we go to Rhythm and Gangster, the masterpiece. Which is really a, like an underrated Snoop album. And, you know, as he said, you know, he, he, you know, Beautiful gets a lot of love for, from Snoop as far as his, like, his romantic for my wife song. But I'm going to assign you Perfect from that album. And let's jump ahead to Ego Trippin'. This might be my second favorite Snoop album after Doggy Style, seriously. 
And I'm just going to say, listen to this whole thing, you know, gangster like me and been around the world. I mean, this thing is just got this thing. This, this thing goes. So I'm going to sign you that Malice in Wonderland, uh, which you can listen to on that one. It's upside down. It's got Snoop, Nipsey Hustle and Problem. True story. I was banging that like on the regular in Provo, Utah, when I was out there for a story on Jimmer for Debt. So yeah, that's I that's where <laughs> I was banging that on the regular. And let's see, you know, no Snoop's had various, you know, you know, just you know, this I mean, musical style. So I might leave it. You know, I might actually I'm gonna go to his last one. I was gonna give you some stuff from Two Twenty, some stuff from Never Left. But, you know, I'm going to go to 220 and give you, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I know that, you know. Uh, man, this is, this is not an easy one because, I mean, there's so much on there. Let's just go with One Blood, One Cubs with DJ Battle Cat. Yeah, let's go with that. And finally, last but definitely not least, uh, the homie Ice Cube and another artist who I know all their songs front to back. I can just assign whole albums. I'm going to give you, and what I consider to be, I'm just going to assign you this. Because a lot of you youngsters maybe know Cube as, you know, the movie guy, the guy from Friday. And so rather than me try to pick one you know, one album or one song from album, I'm going to assign you this. I'm going to assign you what I consider to be one of the greatest album runs ever. I'm going to say all of America's Most Wanted, all of Kill It Will, all of Death Certificate, all of The Predator, all of Lethal Injection. That run right there to me is one of the greatest uh, runs in hip-hop history in terms of just album after album after album. Has Q matched that? No, but I don't think you ever could match that. That that was just one of the greatest runs ever. So that's what I'm gonna give you for Cube. Because yeah, I can't like I said Q's my favorite rapper of all time. I can't just pick one. So that's about there should do my time. I'm ready for Mount Westmore to come out. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready to get your opinions on it. You know, at me at Twitter. At Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can even tag me on Instagram if you want. At Mr. Jones LBC. Let me know what you think of your homework assignments. Let me know if you don't like it. If you think I'm crazy. If you, if you think I'm. If I missed a song that I should have assigned. Let me know. I want to hear your opinion. See what you got to say. So. Again. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic. Bringing you the Ruler of the Court podcast. It's fitting that I, I ended this with. Four kings of hip of West Coast hip hop, kings of hip hop. You know, at, talking about the ruler of the court. They're the ruler of the hip hop court on the West Coast, or some of the rulers. I can't leave out guys like Game and Kendrick and Quick, but you know, I'll be here all night talking about hip hop. So, again, you know where to find me on social. Uh, follow me, like me, at me, all that good stuff. You guys be safe out there. Uh, take care, and I will holler at y'all later. I'm gone.